Trick or treat, Gee. Trick or treat. What are you going to Halloween as? What's your costume today? Well, it's the world's weakest uh, Jon Snow or Ragnar Lothbrook Viking attempt. I think it's a good look on you. I would, I would ditch the shirt and just go with the bearskin rug. Well, it's going to be cold here. I don't think it's as cold as it is when winter comes. That's true. It's going to only get colder. Winter is coming. Yeah, winter is coming. And what are you dressed as? I, it's hard for me to tell. So I usually like to go with something political, which never ingratiates me with our neighbors and probably is, oh, look, we're going to offend our audience right off the bat, but I'm either a mummy, burn victim, or someone who did his own research. You go, you got TP'd by a bunch of high schoolers. Yeah. It looks painful, to be honest with you. You know what's funny? Like the toilet papering thing, like that's very much a, there, there was a thing when I was growing up in New Jersey called uh, Mischief Night, which was the night before Halloween where you would We call it and, Devil's Night here. It's not a West Coast thing. We're, huh. we're a little bit more civilized out here. So civilized. Yeah. So, Conrad, what in the heck are we talking about today? So today, in the In the News segment, we've got news coming out of Google, some M&A updates, and then... Because it's just before Halloween, we have the top 10 legal marketing horror stories. Yes, this is like the uh, Simpsons Halloween special episode. Cue the pipe organ. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, Halloween edition. Before we get started, we wanted to thank our sponsors, Alert Communications, Clio, and Lawya. Conrad, what's in the news today? All right, so I am in the news coming up. So I'm going to be appearing on Lawyer to Lawyer uh, with J. Craig Williams, who I've known for at least uh, I'm into my second decade knowing knowing him. Um, we're going to be talking, because we're in the Halloween theme, we're going to be talking about shenanigans with directories. And if you have ever wanted to hear the story of when I got my kid's pet chicken Zippy awarded a top 10% Lawyers of Distinction Award, tune in to that show. We'll put the link to the show notes. Also, CleoCon right now. Get on it, right? Yeah, if you're listening to this and it is... October 26th or later, you should be listening in to CleoCon. I'll be there. You can chat with me. It's virtual. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we are big fans. And I don't remember a show in which we have not talked about Cleo in some fashion or other. And it's not just because they are a sponsor of the show, but we appreciate it as well. So there was also a Google search quality guideline rollout. And I think it really does imply the legal industry, especially if your content is garbage. And so they talk about the YMYL category. And YMYL stands for your money, your life. These are big, important decisions. And it's really aimed at addressing very, very low quality content that has a, a high impact on someone's life. And in general, most of you guys think your content on your site is really good. You've been preached content is king for years and years and years. But some of you guys have overdone it. Some of you have some really bad content on your sites. And so if you find problems from a search performance, maybe maybe this is something to look into. The amount of content that you have that is 
low quality. Yeah, I tell people all the time, go download the search quality raters guidelines, run through it. There's tons of applicability for marketing a law practice. And I think the key here is, especially as it comes to content, run a site colon search on your on, on your site and and look for content that looks like crap. How do you do that? Oh, good question. That's a very pragmatic leading question there, Guy. I appreciate it. Go to Google, go to S-I-T-E colon, and then put in your website without anything else, like uh, it's mywebsite.com. And then just scroll through results and see what you find. And if you find a bunch of garbage, so does Google, right? Google's telling you what they have already found. And a lot of you don't know the content that already exists on your site. Moving on, Guy, there's some more M&A activity in our world. What's going on? Francisco Partners to back software firm Paradigm in the legal tech world. That's Headnote, Bill for Time, and Practice Panther, to name a few. And so as we regularly do, there's a lot of uh, money coming in, movement, consolidation. People are long on legal tech. Now, Guy, is this a consolidation move? You know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, it looks like this is a bundling of services, right? And making things more efficient, work together more efficiently, scaling up, right? Yeah. Point being that when these people have long-term views on big valuations for these legal tech companies, I think it's, um, you know, the thing I always try to tie back, like, what does this have to do with the average everyday uh, lawyer? I think one is, is you should be seeing who's winning this fight, because if you're going to build infrastructure, you want to build it on infrastructure that has support. Longevity. Yeah. Two, some of these companies you might not even heard of. And so they have features that you should probably be looking at implementing at your practice as well. And so, you know, so many times we're talking to people about like, how are you getting regular feedback from clients? Well, Headnote, that's a tool that does that. Like you can build in regular, you know, client feedback surveys, MPS reports, and uh, you know, consolidating some of these tools into uh, more seamless integrations through the partnerships. I think is kind of a no-brainer. So check them out. Is that all the news? That's the news. That is a wrap on the news. It is time for something new. It is now time for our spooky legal trends report minute, brought to you by Clio. This is very spooky. I can feel my heart beat going up with... Don't open that door. Don't yes, go into the garage key. Survey data from the Clio Legal Trends Report shows that 40% of law firms regularly reduce prices or offer discounts to clients. And while reducing prices and offering discounts may be a short-term solution to a client's inability to pay the bill... And we've actually supported that and talked about that on prior episodes. Check those out. It may also even improve the client satisfaction. There are also some spooky drawbacks for the law firm. Spooky drawback number one, expectations for future reductions and discounting. Spooky drawback number two, revenue unpredictability. And probably the spookiest of all drawbacks, which I think lawyers are on to, devaluing of their legal services. Up. Oh, But wait, there's more. Also, spooky drawback number, I guess we're at five, lost client opportunities. If these sound spooky to you, please head over to Clio's Legal Trends Report to learn more about these opportunities and much more for free. Download Clio's Legal Trends Report at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. And if you ever listening to us and you're at the 
Clio Cloud Conference this year. Hopefully, we're getting a release of a fresh, hot legal trends report coming off the press. So follow up. I think this is an important thing. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode. We'll put the link to that in the last episode. We talked about price and how consumers are really price sensitive when it comes to legal and lawyers don't want to be because, you know, your whole point here, Guy, you said the devaluing legal services. There is an association of price and value, right? The race to the bottom. There's the awful race to the bottom, right? We're going to outsource everything abroad. But there's a different way to look at that. And I think if you go back to the Clio Trends Report and think through pricing and your law firm and how you deliver services, as well as the counterpoint that we just brought up here, like it's the number two most important thing to consumers, and yet we really shy away from it and we have a one-size-fits-all approach to pricing. And, I, and that's a mistake. And that will, understanding this stuff will make it less spooky. Halloween. <laughs> And now, welcome to the top 10 legal marketing horror stories. In this episode, we imagine what would happen if Jason Voorhees and Mike Myers got together to start yet another internet advertising legal agency. Gather around the uh, campfire. Cauldron. The cauldron. <laughs> this story happened to me last week. Brand new client, right? They are really unhappy with us because according to the reporting from their old firm and the reporting from, from us, their pay-per-click advertising campaign has absolutely gone to garbage. And so what comes out of this is why. And what we've discovered is that they were previously reporting and paying for these brand clicks. So the brand clicks are important because you want, if someone's looking for you, you want people to find you, but they're not incremental, right? And so when you dilute your reporting by taking out brand clicks from, say, a pay-per-click advertisement, you actually look like you're delivering less leads. The reality is you're really only reporting on what are incremental leads. And there's lots of, if, if you don't have access, hey, Guy, would you ever not have access to your Google Ads account if you were an attorney? I would not, which is, a, now oh, you've done sorry. some spooky yes. story foreshadowing. But if you don't know what you're bidding on, you're probably paying for those brand clicks and they're probably being marketed to you as leads by your agency. And they're not incremental leads. They're already looking for you. So that is spooky story number one. All right, gather around. Here's a spooky story. I was asked to look at a potential client's Google Analytics reports, and they were like, they were getting told that the leads were way up. And by leads, when we asked what they meant by leads, they said, look at the Google Analytics goal conversions. And we said, okay, let's look at the Google Analytics goal conversions. And if you look at the top all goal conversions, you're like, yeah, you're right. The goal conversions are way up. What's going on here? This should be a success story. But then we got admin access to Google Analytics and reviewed what goals were actually configured in Google Analytics. And you know what some of the goals were? <laughs> Time on site. 
<laughs> and so for those that don't know what we're talking about, that means that this agency was reporting that you were achieving a goal, you were getting a behavior that they were counting as a lead if a visitor stayed on the site for a certain amount of time. So think about that. Not a phone call, not a live chat request, not a web form fill, just staying on the site for 30 seconds. And they were like, that's a qualified lead. So get in there and understand if you're working with an agency and they're talking goal conversions, make sure you actually know what they're measuring as a goal conversion in Google Analytics. But Gee, don't I want to know if people are watching my amazing video? Because you're, you know, you're just like a publisher, right? You only care about people seeing ads on your site. Now, if you are optimizing for time on site and you feed that data back to, say, Google Ads, you're going to be bidding more for people who spend more time on a website or like to watch videos, right? Right. Not necessarily call lawyers. Or someone's kid who just leaves the browser window open on YouTube watching people unpack Was toys. that my kid? While we're doing history, history homework. That's a thing. That's a whole that's different a big business. That's big business. Okay. Big business. Spooky story number three. Gee, I'm going to terrify you right now. What I want you to do. I'm already nervous. Is call up local service ad support and fix a problem. Do you have two hours? Can't it do it. It's too scary. So too this scary. is a real quick one. But for those of you who are dealing with LSAs, GMB support. It's a long, long dance, and it's, it's a lot of time on hold. I don't know how much time we spend on hold on behalf of our clients, but it is, it is not small. What's your next spooky story, Guy? Spooky story number four. Lawyer calls us up and says, I'm really unhappy with my digital marketing company. I'd like to make a switch. Oh, that sounds reasonable request. But wait. The firm's website domain registration is registered in the name of the agency. They don't even own their website. They don't own the domain. What are you going to do? All that work that's been done, all the equity that's been built up in that domain... And now the agency says, oh no, that's our website. Sorry, you were just licensing it from us. Read your contracts. Don't rent your domain. Don't rent your content management system. In most cases, you know, we're, I don't wanna get open the, the proprietary versus WordPress debate here, but you know, if you're gonna rent, know the consequences of renting. Don't rent your ad, Google Ads accounts. Don't rent your Google Analytics data. You know, that's another one. I just, I literally just saw this one. I'm like, wait a minute. This Google Analytics account, this property view lives mm. inside of the account owned by the agency. I don't know what they're going to do when they ever decide to switch because that data, all that historical data can't be, it's, it's locked in there. It's in the account. You're starting over. Don't rent. No renting. As a pragmatic, can I go from, especially with the GA data, can I go from renter to owner of that account? No. Unless, unless you're going to buy the agency and get all their clients. Spooky, in. <laughs> spooky, spooky. All right. Spooky marketing horror story number five. If one website is good, two must be better. And if two is better, three, four, five are even the best. 
So those of you who are marketing multiple blogs, multiple websites, because if one is good, two is better, it's just not the case. Typically, one plus one does not equal three in these situations. Consolidating your domains, consolidating all that link equity is really important. This has happened, it happened extensively in consumer facing law with blogs. And most of you have kind of gotten over this. We recently did a blog consolidation where we took two blogs and made what I believe to be one of the strongest websites out there in legal just because of the link value. Key, what do you think about links? Love them. And the reality is if you're running multiple blogs, you can, or multiple websites, you can end up more than, you know, we always say it takes more than twice as much to market two blogs or two websites. And, and this also goes back to your domain I don't know, Guy, if when you guys do an onboarding of a client, do you, do you ask them, do, do you have any old domains, right? And most of the time they say yes. <laughs> like, oh, I used to have this, I used to have that. Do you still own it? Yeah. Yep, totally. That's a, that's a really good point. And um, your story is actually, could be way more spooky because I remember sitting at Lawyernomics one year, maybe it was advocating, can't remember when the switch was. was. This is history. And they dust had a guest. The dust. Avo had a guest, lawyer, who got on stage and told the lawyers that he had 50 websites. And, you know, people are like, ooh, 50 websites. And then, you know, so what happens? A lot of those people at that conference, they went out and bought a bunch of keyword-rich domains. Oh, yes. Either didn't do anything with them or did something with them. And, you know, like, as you mentioned, they now have to market 50 websites. I'll tell you this, Guy, that was definitely lawyeronomics because if it was advocating when I was there, there's no way I would have let that person on stage. Ha. <laughs> I mean, that's... There you go. Yeah. So don't do that. That's stupid. Did this guy happen to sell websites? I find that most people... He did who, not. It was, an, it was a right. lawyer. It was a practicing lawyer. But obviously someone told him he got wind of... You know, he's... he's uh, yeah, just enough information to be dangerous. You know, so he, he read a blog post about exact match domains, I'm yeah. sure, and fired up the old GoDaddy registrar. Are they dot law domains? They were not. That, <laughs> that should be a spooky story. That should be a spooky story. We didn't, didn't make our list. No, it did not. Fortunately, that goblin is now dead. Let's take a break. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer. But that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. LawYaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic. Use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at LawYaw.com. That's L-A-W-Y-A-W.com. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. And we're back, continuing our spooky storytelling with number six. So I'm asked to review a call detail report. 
Well, this doesn't make any sense. You had 100 calls last month. I don't understand what the issue is. But then we go into CallRail and look at the missed calls report. 30% of the calls that came into your firm went completely unanswered. 40% of the calls that came into your firm were answered with law firm. Answer your phone and answer your phone well, my good friends, because this this is probably the spooky. I, honestly, this keeps coming up. Intake and answering the phone. I, I shouldn't be surprised. We've talked about it for long enough. It seems to me one of those things that's like so table stakes and so really easy to fix. And yet it's still a huge issue. Answering the phone. Answer the phone. And I, I would implore you. I'm going to insult the audience again, Guy. It's your favorite. If you don't know the answer to this question, you are not answering the phone well. What is the percentage of calls that go unanswered for your law firm? If you knew that number, you would be improving it. If you don't know that number, it's lower than it should be, period. And I, I should also mention in my spooky story, don't assume that just because you're using an expensive virtual receptionist service that your phone's being answered well, because those law firm calls... I mean, I've, I've listened to calls that they mispronounce the name of the lawyers at the firm. Does that really sound like a professional practice when the person that is purporting to be the front lines of your brand can't even pronounce your name correctly? So this is a good time to plug alert, one of the sponsors of this show. But Guy's point is very real. I mean, it seems like answering the phone should be very easy. Not all of those services are created equal. Yep. I'm going to tell the next spooky story about a man named Jeff. One day, Jeff went to work. He was underpaid. He answered phones for a law firm. He listened to people complain all the time. Oh, this is good music. He wasn't really respected or loved at his firm. And one of the things that he hated doing most of all was being forced to enter data into Excel. Jeff decided that most of that data entry was a waste of his time because he knew that that person on the end of the line was not going to turn into a client. So he skipped that data entry. And then he did it again and again and again. And as he was skipping all this data entry, what happened is a simple ratio got put way off because most of these calls were coming from Google ads. Most of these calls were being paid for. And yet 90% of those Google ads called were a waste of time, as Jeff knew, because he was a smart, enterprising person. He thought to himself, I do not need to record these stupid calls because no one cares. But the reality is those clicks cost money and those useless clicks still cost money. And so the firm at the end of the month looked like most of their calls from Google ads were good calls. But what they were missing was that in our case, and I know this because I've looked across our clients, 84% of the calls from Google ads were a complete waste of time. They were not someone looking for an attorney. Jeff's firm doesn't know that. And so they kept spending too much money on Google ads because they were thought it was working more than it was. If you are doing data entry, you're making mistakes and people are making decisions that are costing you really bad data. Spooky. Spooky. Legal marketing horror story number eight. 
So I get a call. Conrad, you're going to love this one because I know that you've had this story happen to you as well. I think most law firms have probably experienced some version Yeah, this is going to be the one that resonates. <laughs> um, hey, Guy, I would love to have you take a look at maybe helping us market our practice. Okay, law firm, that sounds great. Um, let's get started. Okay, so who are you working with right now? Well, we're working with this company. When's your agreement with them up? How are you doing separation with them? Well, you know what? I don't even know. I don't know how we're going to separate. Okay, well, let's look at the contract. Let's look at the agreement. Uh-oh. You're locked in to a three-year marketing agreement. So I'll put you down for let's reconvene in 2024. Long-term contracts, folks, with no way out. Ugly stuff. Go look at your contracts. I mean, your lawyers. You should be reading your contracts. I guess that doesn't really mean anything if you're a lawyer. It doesn't mean you read terms of service or anything. But you should, especially for your business, if you're a business owner. Read those contracts. Don't enter long-term contracts. That's You know what long-term contract means in legal marketing? Zero accountability. But Gee. SEO is so hard and I've heard it takes time. Shouldn't I log in to a long-term contract? Because this is a long-term investment. It's not going to work if I don't no, do it for a long time. Understanding how what your objective should be in the context of where you are in SEO is totally reasonable, right? Expectations setting around how long things should take, you know, milestones from benchmarking where you are, especially brand new website, you know. That's totally fine, but you don't need to you don't need to lock into a long-term contract to be able to do that and have those conversations. You got you got to have the out. You got to have hey, this isn't going in the direction, you know, you didn't do the thing in the first month. You said you were going to do X, Y, and Z, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. There's nothing to do with SEO. You should be able to go look somewhere else. All right. My last Halloween horror story. This happens all the time. I don't know if you get this too, Guy, but this is just the wrong metric. Nancy Drew and the case of the wrong metric in the grandfather clock. What is the wrong metric? This is typically a CPC thing, cost per click. And it's typically CPC accounts where they're typically coming from an agency that is not legal specific. And they will say, our objective is to drive down the cost per click so we can maximize your budget, which is insane because the value of a click is correlated to how likely that person is to hire you. And the further down they are in the funnel, the more you should be willing to pay for that click because they're thinking, they're, they've moved past research, they've moved past hemming and hawing, and they are really interested in hiring you. And those clicks should be more expensive, right? And so looking at driving down, I mean, the best way to drive down your cost per click budget if you're a car accident lawyer is to stop bidding on the term car accident lawyer and only bid on your brand name, Murphy and Smith. And that will absolutely drive down your CPCs and it will absolutely destroy your business. Well, that might be a little overstating it. It'll certainly destroy that campaign. Uh, the, I love the case of the wrong metric because... I love, you know, the one that just you want to talk about driving up your cost per acquisition, just show more ad impressions, right? Oh, we'll just show more ad impressions. That'll do it. Ad impressions are way up. 
people are seeing your ads. So we're we're growing the number of people who are seeing your ads. Job done. I'm going to jump on that impression thing. The, the other thing you can get really bad impression data out of is Google Search Console, which shows impression data for like seventh page results. Well, it's actually not impression data. No one's actually seeing that data. That's where the impressions would be if someone had scrolled back to page seven. So it's one of those things that like, if you just know a little bit of information, you can be led completely the wrong way. Impressions, I mean, there's lots of ways to lie with impressions. We can hide impressions down at the bottom of a page. You can hide ads down at the bottom of the page. You can have a bot farm running that's just running up impressions. (laughs) Yeah. So this is an affair. Maybe we talked about this before, but have you seen the stacked ads where someone will put like 10,000 banner ads on top of each other and it counts as an impression, right? Because they're loading. So yeah, Scott Galloway, uh, Prof G for those in the know, there's a lot of things, but uh, his no mercy, no malice newsletter, he just covered the fraudulent impressions and clicks going on. And it's, I think it's much worse than anybody wants. I mean, there's a lot of problems with the web right now. And so it's like, take your pick, but I think we're going to see over the next five to 10 years, just how bad fraudulent clicks are. Guy, is the spookiest Halloween story that we have, the horror story, really legal internet marketers? Is that what we're coming down to? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is just terrifying business. Yeah, okay, self-loathing internet marketers. Guy no, yeah, this is the coming self-loathing internet marketing show. Number 10, very spooky. So we're uh, working on, we're auditing a website, we find a bunch of different technical things that should be pretty easy to fix. You know, redirects and site architecture, some URL issues, all sorts of stuff, pretty table stakes type of stuff. So we take the audit back and start talking to the folks running the website at the firm. And oh no, it's a proprietary website platform and you don't have the ability to be able to fix redirects or change URL structure or a bunch of other things that could really help the performance of your site. And so, you know, I know we'll get pushback on this. From Squarespace, who? Wix, there's a bunch of proprietary websites. And the trade-off is, is that you don't have the uh, administrative needs. Uh, you also don't have the flexibility of something like WordPress. But my big thing too is, is that if you're going to invest a significant amount of money in content, link building, marketing web pages, don't you want to be able to own the content management system that it's on? And here's the here's what happens: the lawyer will say, "Hey, look, I get it. I'm going to migrate off this platform." Now you're paying for a migration, and depending on the platform. That migration might, those site files might come in the version of a CD, a compact disc. (laughs) Here's your site files. Great. I don't even have a CD-ROM drive. But Gee, let's go deeper on that. Okay. My agency has told me that if I ever want to leave, they're just going to download the files into a little zip file and and I'm good to go. So I own it. I have nothing to worry about. Right, Gee? Nothing right. to worry you, about. You, and that's true. You will be able to upload those files onto, uh, well, maybe not. You might, you might have to recreate a database, but let's just say they're complete file-driven, just HTML files they send to you. Great. Now you have to hard code every change. You want to write HTML? You want to update something on your website? I hope you know HTML because you're hand-writing HTML in a text editor and then re-uploading it to your environment. 
So is my agency lying to me, Guy? Well, they're misleading you for sure. It might technically be true that you have the site files. That was but... such a good lawyer answer. <laughs> for those of you who have not listened to Guy and Conrad before, Guy has the JD, Conrad has the MBA. I, I think I'm the worst person because of that. No, I think you're the best because you, you give. I always give the it depends and you're just like, cut through the noise. That's why we're such a dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. So... Get off the proprietary website. I mean, look, there are some exceptions to this rule, but generally, it's very rare that I run into somebody that Give I'm me like, an exception. Give me a good exception. If there's some feature that's very expensive to recreate in WordPress, if there's something going on on your website that WordPress just isn't great for, they're very rare, but it's, you know, most, most content-focused law firm websites where you're just like, hey, we want to get people to the website, position the firm, and convert visitors into phone calls and live chats and form fills, WordPress can do all that just fine. If you're doing something that's like dynamically populating content based on visitor sessions, some WordPress can even do that. But then you might think about something that's a little bit more robust from a content management standpoint. But it's very rare for, especially a a small consumer facing law firm. It's just, it's very rare. All right, everyone. With that... We would like you guys to all make sure that you go out, wear a mask, even if you're not dressing up for Halloween, please wear a mask, give out candy to the kids, have a great evening, and avoid marketing horror stories that we live every single day. Thanks again, listeners. If this is your first time finding us, please do subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Happy Halloween.
If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.